You know what, these last few months and the long lingering pandemic and now the racial reckoning and even our own personal struggles, this has been a tough time, no doubt, uh, to say the least. You know, it seems like almost everything is discombobulated. So this week I've been meditating on the role of hope. I suppose that if everything were hunky-dory, we wouldn't need hope. But that's just not the reality most of us are experiencing right now. You know, hope is that slender tether connecting us to something better. Hope gives us courage to keep going, to keep believing that more is just over the horizon. Hope is what keeps us on our tiptoes, urgently expecting that God will keep his promise for our abundant life. So on Flag Day, I'm mindful that hope was the one thing that the POWs in Vietnam say made it possible for them to survive such a horrific experience. In a Romans passage, Paul addresses hope in its circuitous route illustrating how hope is connected to faith in something bigger, a peculiar trust which produces perseverance despite our suffering. Today we hear Paul giving thanks for the byproducts of suffering and hope. Whatever the situation, he boasts in both, grounding himself in the fact that suffering can be profitable because suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this is a kind of living hope, not optimism or wishful thinking, but this expectant trust in the grace of God who's already demonstrated his unfailing compassion by taking our sufferings onto himself in Jesus. And even now, is continually pouring love and hope seeds into our hearts. The awesome thing about Jesus, the incarnate one, is that in him, we can actually see and learn what God is like. In his God-come-nearness, we see how the human might act if God was Emmanuel, was in us and with us. In our gospel today, Jesus has compassion on the crowd. Here we're reminded that God always leans towards the least and the lost and the left behind. In seeing those suffering, those in lostness, Jesus cares. He's compelled to heal and comfort. He then builds this team called disciples, us who are supposed to go out and help him share the good news of hope that the kingdom of God is drawn near, encouraging us, saying, don't lose heart. Keep the faith. I recently read a story about a mother whose 17-year-old son was involved in a serious bike accident. And even now, two years later, he still suffers from these vicious headaches He's nauseous, he's unable to really participate in school and extracurricular activities that he loves. And at first she prayed with this desperate kind of hope for immediate and complete healing. 
She frantically prayed over all the acupuncture treatments and the, the medicines and the MRIs and the CT scans, focusing entirely on the desired results, on cause and effect, on miracles and magic. She describes how she then went through this time of theologizing and spiritualizing, saying, well, God is using the pain to teach them something or that maybe this is preparing her son for something special. But in these long two years, her understanding of hope has changed. And naturally she still prays for her son's pain to go away, but more quiet now. It's a sort of unclenched hope, one that's not stuck with this expectancy and frenzy that it first had. And I love how she describes it's sort of an undergirding kind of hope that's grounded on things not seen, like tiny seeds planted in dark soil. Her deep hope has been nurtured by gestures of love and friendship and solidarity and in all the quiet resurrections that keep her son and her family encouraged to keep on going. Her story, along with the stories of faith that I've heard from many of you, is the contagion of hope. These lived experiences, these have been my gift of listening and pointing me to a, a better understanding of what Holy Spirit kind of hope looks like. You know, over the years, I've learned that abiding hope is a robust and long-suffering muscle Hope never gets so cynical that it can't be surprised. And hope is actually ambidextrous. On the one hand, seeing God's grace in the most desolate of places, and yet on the other, still kneels on the hard ground, begging God for more without shame. In the flesh, Jesus assures us that the kingdom of God has drawn near, but it's not fully here yet. So in our personal and communal sorrows, Jesus models how we must treat one another with compassion and mercy and honor because we have no idea what each of you is carrying. In my own life journey, I found that there's been all sorts of diverse people who have been hope spreaders to me and others. Yesterday, as I watched my godson graduate from West Point, I was so lifted by these exceptionally talented and already tested young people. Our nation has now sent them out literally as ambassadors to lead with physical and moral courage. To me, they represent agents of hope who vowed to live above the common level of life and to do the harder right instead of the easier wrong. So many of you have poured hope into my heart just when I needed it the most. I remember how scary it was when I first came back here as your rector. A woman, gay, called to lead a cardinal church in the central Gulf Coast, and you, you made me brave. Ambassadors of hope, glimpsing that God was doing a new thing in us for others. 
Since its inception, St. Christopher's has been carrying the love of God into the world through healing, hope, and hospitality. Just this week in our staff meeting, we discussed the opportunity of racial healing that's been given to our country and to us at this particular moment. We're just one community, a small part of the larger whole, but our part, our hope matters. Jen Rice, co-minister of the Children and Family Ministry Team, she offered this sort of helpful image on how we might think about our role in racial healing. Contrasting the opportunity to serve this right moment as either an archer with a one-time bright arrow or as a weaver who steadily moves the loom back and forth and back and forth. Both styles witnessing to the fabric and dignity of every human being. In our baptism, we are marked and commissioned to be Christ in the world, ambassadors of hope. And so perhaps as others have stood by that mother and her injured son, we too can offer other mothers our deep hope nurtured in gestures of love and friendship and solidarity. So this week, I invite you also to meditate on hope. What's rising in you? Amen. Amen.